الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما هذه الحياه الدنيا الا لهو ولعب وان الدار الاخره لهي الحيوان لو كانوا يعلمون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم روح القلوب ساعه فساعه او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Deen, deen is a complete way of life. There is no aspect of life and there is no need of this insan that has not been catered for, has not been something that we have been given guidance about. Something that is perfect, then it will take care of everything. A perfect house is something that will take care of all the needs of the person in that house. Not something that will just look nice. He take care of all his needs in a practical manner, in a comfortable manner. Then as far as cosmetics are concerned, there's no end to that. But in terms of the basic practicalities and needs, it will take care of everything. So likewise, Deen has taken care of everything that we need as insan. Just as we need to be able to eat and drink in order to survive, So there is complete guidance on that. What are the things that we can eat and what are the ways in which to make that beneficial for ourselves? Entire guidance about it. Likewise all the other needs of life. And among the various needs of life, there is a need of what we may term as mental relaxation. One is rest, physical rest. person needs to rest to sleep in order to give his body the rest that it requires to be energized again likewise there's a need for some mental relaxation this mental relaxation this is something which has been also catered for in the ahadith in deen itself because this is also the need of insan but all the needs that a person has everything has its various level everything has its place some things are of a priority some things are secondary so accordingly every need will be dealt with a person has a need to earn a living he also has a need to eat now he doesn't spend 5 hours of the day eating and 1 hour of the day working he spends according to the time required he will eat It's a very busy day, he might skip his lunch also. Because that's the priority. So the priority is always given the first attention. And the secondary things, if necessary, would be put back and forth. Would be juggled around. Because that's secondary. 
But his priority is priority. But in any case, he will eventually still eat. He skipped his lunch because it was a busy day. So he juggled the lunch around, but he will still eat because it's a need for him. So likewise, this mental relaxation, this too is insan's need. And in this regard, there is guidance in the ahadith. Our deen is a completely balanced deen. It caters for all these aspects of life. Once three sahaba came to the azwaja mutahharat, the noble wives of Rasulullah and they inquired about his ibadat of the night and how he spent his time in, at home, etc. So they were given the details. Nabi Islam would spend certain amount of the night in ibadat then he would even rest also and various other details. So they took it in a bit of a different light. They took it that, look, this is something that is fine for Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because after all he is the masoom Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. He is completely sinless and despite that he does so much. But then even if he rests a little, it's no problem for him. He's masoom, he's sinless. But for us, we have to do it differently. Because we are not masoom, we are not sinless. So therefore one person said, out of the three people, that look, as of today, I am going to perform salah the whole night. I am never going to sleep. The other person said, well, as of today, I am going to fast daily. Every day of the year, I am going to fast. Obviously what is not permissible apart from that. The third person said, I am never going to get married. Because all these things will become an obstacle towards dedicating the full time to ibadat. Nabi Wasallam got to hear of this, that this is a kind of decision, the resolution some people have made. So Nabi Wasallam came to them. When he came to them, he asked them, that, are you the people who made these kind of resolutions? So they said, yes. Nabi Wasallam said, look, listen very carefully. Wallahi, inni la'akhshakum lillahi wa atqaakum bih. That there is nobody who fears Allah Ta'ala and who is more conscious of Allah Ta'ala than myself. I am the most conscious of Allah Ta'ala. I have the greatest amount of the fear of Allah Ta'ala. So nobody can, now this was something necessary to spell out. That nobody can come close to me in this regard. But despite that, inni asumu wa uftir. I fast also on some days. And some days, meaning the nafil fast, on some days of the year I fast, and some days I don't fast. It was the practice of Nabi Wasallam. Mondays and Thursdays he would fast, very very punctually. And on other days of the week, sometimes he would fast, sometimes not. So in other words, there were some days of every week with some fast, some days no fast. I perform salah at night also, and I spend some part of the night even resting. And وَأَتَزَوَّجُ nisa. I also get married, I am, I am married. And then Nabi Islam put this forward and said, فَمَنْ رَغِبَ عَنْ سُنَّتِي فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي That look, this is my way of life. That I fast, I also spend some days without fasting. I perform ibadat at night, and I also rest at night. I am also married, I also have family responsibilities. I also have children. Now this is my way, that there is a complete balance in everything. فَمَنْ رَغِبَ عَنْ سُنَّتِي فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي And the one who does not take to my way, 
he is averse to my way, then I got nothing to do with him. So this is a complete balance, everything is there. And together with this balance, there is this aspect of this mental relaxation. This mental relaxation, this is something which we can understand very clearly. If you open every book of hadith, you will find one chapter on mizah, on the light-heartedness of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa There would be times when he would joke with his wives, he would joke with the sahaba, obviously in a certain context, in a certain manner which is appropriate, which doesn't uh, transgress any limits of any sort. But Nabi Salaam would engage in this light-heartedness as well. What was this light-heartedness all about? This was part of this mental relaxation. This was part of this mental rest. So the insans need a little bit of light-heartedness. It lightens the mind. It takes a person's stress away. It makes him feel a little bit more comfortable, more rested, relaxed. So he needs this. And why he needs it? So that he can dedicate himself better to Allah Ta'ala. To all his responsibilities of day and night. And become a better servant of Allah Ta'ala. In a more focused manner. So this too is part of his necessity. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did this practically. Then to highlight further. That on one occasion Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was on a journey. And the Sahaba Kiram Ewad. And Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha was also traveling with Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As they were moving on, at some point, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said to the Sahaba, that look, all of you move ahead. All of you move ahead. We're going to be just lagging behind a little. So he sent them ahead. Meaning, you all move on, we're going to come a little slower. And everybody was out of sight. And he said to Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, I'm going to race you. I'm going to race with you now. So Aisha said, very well. Nabi Salaam raced with her. And whatever point it was, and he beat her. Any case, this time came and went. Then they came and they joined up with the caravan. This time came and went. Time passed. Or rather it was the other way around. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu beat Nabi Salaam. She says, I was very lightweight at that time. I was very young. I could run very fast. So therefore I beat Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So he left it, he kept quiet about it, he didn't say anything. In any case the time came and went. And it was a moment that was enjoyed by both. And it passed, in any case she, she beat him. So sometime later, after all this time had passed and I forgot about this also. One day again they were traveling. And again Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to the Sahaba, Taqaddamu, all of you move on. They were out of sight. Nabi Salaam said to her again, I'm going to race you. She said, very well. This time she says, I picked up some weight. I couldn't run as fast. And Nabi Salaam beat me. And then he said to me, you see the last time you beat me, I even the score now. But now what was this? This was part of that mental relaxation that is required. So this is something catered for. Nabi Salaam took care of it. So there is a need for it. But now comes the point that this is a need, but a need is restricted to the extent of the need. And every need has its specific sphere in which it is fulfilled. There is a need for salt in the food, but how much salt is put into the food? 
If a person there's a pot of food, and he says salt, without salt there's no taste in the food. So he takes a whole cup full of salt and puts it in the food. In one pot, he put a whole cup full of salt. So now that cup full of salt still is a small fraction compared, compared to the rest of the pot. But what is going to do to the food? It was essential to bring taste to the food, but in excess, it spoiled it. When it was within its limits, it brought a lot of taste. It brought the flavor. It made the whole pot of food very enjoyable. Minus the salt, and it is flavorless. But when it came in excess, it spoiled it. So everything has its need, it has its place. But when it's in its limit, then it will add value. When it is in its limit, it will bring happiness. When it is in, within its limits, then it will make a person feel relaxed. But when it goes in excess, it's going to create problems. Now this is exactly the aspect that we are talking about, this mental relaxation, this is what was the need. But this need got expanded towards, it got expanded to what is called entertainment. That now without entertainment, life can't carry on. And let alone life cannot carry on, life, its entertainment itself became the object of life. Entertainment in some circles is a religion. As we believe in Islam as our deen, and we follow Islam as our deen, there is a religion. Some people are Christians, some are Jews, some are whatever they are. Likewise, there is what is a religion known as hedonism. And what is this hedonism all about? That the definition of this hedonism is that pleasure is the chief good of life. And is the sole good of life. Life is all about pleasure. And the pursuit of pleasure, these are the words of the definition, is the ideal aim of conduct. The pursuit of pleasure is the ideal aim of conduct. What does this mean? In other words, whatever it takes to acquire that pleasure, no matter what it might be, that is the ideal aim of conduct, that is what you should be doing. There's no boundaries, there's no limitations, there's no inhibitions, there's no limits. Whatever it takes to gain the pleasure that you are desiring, there's no such thing as halal and haram. There's no such thing as nikah and any difference between nikah and zina. There's no difference between whether a person is taking something that will intoxicate him so badly he won't be able to make out the difference between his, his sister and his wife or his mother and his wife. There's no limits. Now that is the ideal aim of conduct. Now this is one group of people that have made this their religion. But then while many others don't have this as their religion, as their purpose of life, Alhamdulillah, Muslims obviously have Iman, this is not their religion. But in practical life, in practical life to a large extent, this becomes the way that we live. While Alhamdulillah, Iman is there in the heart. And this is not any mu'min's religion. It is not his object of life. But, this starts becoming the way of life. 
that entertainment will dictate what will happen when it will happen. And entertainment will dictate whether something, a person will cross the boundaries or not. If he's going to get some fun out of it, then the limits will be tempered. If he's going to get some kind of enjoyment, then fine, leave it now, whatever. We can't be too strict about things, we can't become too serious. Life has to carry on. And one thing leads to another. And just to support it now, anything will be taken out of context in whichever way, taken completely out of whatever the actual meaning of it is, in order to support whatever we are doing. Or for example, this Hadith Sharif that we just discussed. Prophet Aisha Allah says, Nabi Islam raced with her. Now this will be used for what? That this racing is what now? This is exercise. Nabi Islam raced with Hazrat Aisha Allah so he was also exercising. Now exercise is number one in order, very good. And number two, Hazrat Aisha was also exercising, so women also should exercise. And now where? In the gym. So now from where to where this went? But that very important word in that Hadith Sharif, when Nabi Islam first said to the Sahaba Ikram, Taqaddamu. All of you move on ahead, out of sight. Because I am going to be now engaging in something, as Aisha is going to be involved in it. This must not be in front of anybody's gaze. This is something which is a private matter. And therefore this must be out of your sight. You move away. Taqaddamu. Move on. Now that whole thing is lost. Why? Because that pursuit of pleasure became the primary object. So now that exercise which a person can do in the privacy of his home also, will not be possible to do it without the entertainment factor. In the gym, with that music and that nudity, and all the other fitna that is going on, but without that he won't get any enjoyment. So without that it's not possible to exercise. So all the people that stayed fit throughout the ages and throughout the centuries, probably there was not one fit person because there were no gyms. The gyms only came up now. 10, 15, 20 years ago, maybe a little more. So before that, probably every single person was very unfit. But now that will become the situation. That what are the limits of Shariat now won't, re- won't really matter. Because this would become the primary thing. Though not in belief, but in practice. And what will become the way in which a person will move on, that wherever deen can be fitted in, wherever deen can, the, the gaps deen will come in. But this will dictate what will happen. The western mindset is, basically two things. Make money, have fun. Bottom line. End of story. Make money, because without money you can't have the fun. So make money and have fun. Nothing else. Now, by and large, this slowly starts creeping into a person who pursues this as a primary thing in life. Without that entertainment, his day can't finish. And from the beginning of the week, he's planning his entertainment for the weekend. And from the beginning of the year, he's planning his entertainment for the end of the year. And he's barely on one holiday, he's planning the next. We start living from one holiday to the next. Everything else in between is secondary. And now deen will come in, but where we can fill the gap. If it can't fill the gap, then, well, we'll worry about it later on. Person wants to conduct his nikah, his wedding, it will depend what will make it fun-filled. So now all the laws of shariat, whatever applies, can apply well and good. The nikah will take place in the masjid, 
they'll have there'll be some recitation of Quran Sharif also. And maybe sometimes there'll be some dini talk as well. But that is where it must stop. Beyond that, we must have our fun. At the most, we'll cater for deen in one corner, the parda corner. Now this is when entertainment becomes the focus of life. Then the problem is, it doesn't stop there. Then entertainment starts creeping into ibadat. Person will be going for hajj. Mashallah, somebody will be doing it very, very sincerely, completely. That's the only purpose, only focus. Person will go for umrah, that's the only primary focus and... Anything else will be totally secondary. And if it happens, happens, doesn't happen, doesn't happen. He didn't buy one thing, didn't buy one thing, doesn't matter. But many a times it will be the other way around. And a person will make tawaf also, that will fill the gap. He'll make some dua as well, that will also fill some gap. But primarily it will be a trip. Like a person went to some other part of the world, this is now an outing of a sort. So the major focus will be how he's going to spend his time what is in terms of the bazaars and whatever else is going to keep him entertained and what he's going to buy and how he's going to go around shopping and whatever other things of that nature goes beforehand he'll be finding out what can be eaten where which is the better thing to eat all those details will be in and as far as ibadat he'll make ibadat also obviously went but that will fill the gaps so hajj and umrah will become entertainment Qurbani will become entertainment. And if it's done in a dramatic manner and it's done in a fun-filled manner, but what is the spirit of shariat in it? If that is going to affect the fun, then that will be put in the back. The Qurbani must be dramatic, it must be fun-filled primarily. If there's no excitement, then what's the use? That will become the way. And then let alone these things, then even a dini discussion a dini talk, some kind of lesson, that too will be judged by the extent of the entertainment factor. If there is a lot of excitement in it, then that will be something we will be very eager to be part of. But if it is, no matter how important it might be, how uh, educational it might be, and somebody might be pouring out their heart in teaching us those lessons, but in terms of our perception, it is not very exciting. It is not something filled with a lot of fun, that entertainment factor. Then this is something we don't have to really be part of. Because it's not appealing to us. Why is it not appealing? It doesn't have that entertainment factor in it. That excitement. So even deeny lessons, the learning of deen, this too will become judged by the entertainment factor. And if you don't get some excitement out of it, this is not for me. And this is what Rasulullah foretold. That inna akhwafa ma akhafu alaykum ba'di kulla munafiqin alimil lisan. That when this becomes the situation, that even in the pursuit of deen, a person will be guided by entertainment. So now what will become the end result? He'll be looking for that excitement everywhere. So now he'll be going on YouTube. He'll be going to find out where is there somebody that's saying things in a very exciting manner. What is his credentials, whether he's somebody authentic, whether he's somebody giving the right aspect of deen. Otherwise the scholars abundantly. And everybody got his own way. And everybody got his own concept of what is life all about. What is sunnah all about. There'll be somebody dressed in a three-piece with a tie and he'll be talking about sunnah. 
Now for him that too is part of sunnah. So any case now a person will be going anywhere and everywhere because some are very exciting, there's a very nice sounding twang in the manner in which the person is delivering something. So a person is taking it wholesale now. Why? For the entertainment part of it. And what's the end result? The end result is somebody is saying, well now his wife was in niqab, this is not necessary anymore, the so-and-so scholar said it. And somebody is now legitimizing interest. Why? Because so-and-so scholar said it. That that interest which was haram was actually the interest of the uh, times of jahiliya. This is a new thing now. This is not something which was referred to in the Quran and Sunnah. So now everything becomes legitimized. Why? Because the person was looking for excitement. And he found there's fatwas galore. There's no, no limit to it. Anything he wants to legitimize, he'll find a fatwa for it. But where did this stem from? It stemmed from this need for excitement. This entertainment. So now the person put his iman and deen also on the line. And this is what Nabi Islam foretold. That the thing I fear most for you after me is kulla munafiqin alimin lisan. That a person who is a hypocrite at heart but has a very glib tongue and he can talk something which sounds very knowledgeable. He's talking things which sound very knowledgeable. He can quote certain things. It sounds very knowledgeable. But he's got nifaq in his heart so he's producing something which is filled with nifaq. But now the listener doesn't know the better. So it's sounding very, very nice, it's sounding very exciting, it's sounding very knowledgeable. But Nabi Islam is saying, Ali min lisan. His tongue is sounding knowledgeable, but the heart is it's putting out nifaq. But the point that we are discussing is, that what takes a person and drives him to look for all this, this entertainment. And how deep this goes, then a person doesn't remain within the limits of halal entertainment in excess. One is halal entertainment, something that halal entertainment is a word that itself now has so many connotations, doesn't even sound right to use it in the context of halal. But in any case, something that is within the limits of sharia, that mental relaxation, in excess that too is wrong. But it doesn't stop there. Then it must go to what is something will give a greater kick, as they say. It will go to haram. And then one thing will lead to another. By the time the person has just passed some time on that phone of his, he's already planted the seeds of the destruction of his deen, of his iman, of his marriage, of his family, Allah knows best what else. And in time all that then unfolds. Now where this stems from again? That same entertainment. And this then destroys a person's deen, destroys his dunya also. What is the solution to this? The solution is to come back to what Allah wa ta'ala has given us in the Quran Sharif. That all this artificial entertainment can never ever give any satisfaction to anybody. Artificial things are artificial. Real satisfaction can only come from the creator of satisfaction. And that is from Allah wa ta'ala. And that comes in his obedience, in his remembrance. Coming back to Allah wa ta'ala, coming back to deen, coming back to his remembrance, coming back to the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, coming back to the tasbihat and dhikr, goes without saying, fulfilling all the fard and wajib, and sunnat and waqqada. When a person will come onto deen, and abstain from sin, then that which the whole world is looking to try and artificially acquire, that peace of the heart, that contentment, that serenity, he will have no need for any artificial things, because he's got the real thing. Then that itminan and sukoon he will enjoy, people will dream about. 
So this is where it all lies. It lies in this turning to Allah wa ta'ala, coming back to Him and totally engaging ourselves in His obedience. Then inshallah our dunya also will become a place of happiness for us despite the challenges that come to insan. Whatever challenges come, this comes. This is insan, this is dunya. But despite the challenges, he will still be at peace. Despite pain, he will still be at peace. And this is dunya, the real thing is the akhirat, where Allah Ta'ala has prepared for his obedient servants, Mala Ainun Ra'at, Wala Uzunun Sami'at, Wala Khatara Ala Kalbi Bashar, Okama Kalam Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that which no eye has seen, no ear has heard of, and no heart can imagine, is all the bounties of Jannat. May Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq of becoming totally obedient to Him. Allah Ta'ala keep us on Iman, take us on Iman, and raise us on the day of Qiyamah with Iman. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.